welcome to the Brasses Point living room. We're glad you're listening. We have got Michelle, Randy, and myself back together again, the three amigos. We are right in the middle of this message series. I'm excited to jump in, but we have to start with some sad news. Our long-quoted mentor to all three of us went home to be with Jesus this last week. In the time we recorded... Like literally within 24 hours, he actually passed away. So he's had a long battle with pancreatic cancer, hard yeah. fought, and he was ready to roll. Tim Keller. Yep. Yeah. Mentored all. Doesn't mean the quotes stop. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. They, Never. They in fact, won't. I quoted him last Sunday in message, and Debbie Erskine said to me, "Man, that was just kind of." poignant that you quoted keller the week that he passed away i was like well when you quote him every other week you got pretty good odds <laughs> you know <laughs> you're gonna catch him on <laughs> yeah. that week yeah man he I mean, we were texting about it you know when we found out he was headed home and then he passed away not long after and just even his final like words to his family and to people i was just like man even in death he is just so wise teaching mm-hmm. us yeah it was just like man there's no there's no loss in me going there's no downside yeah and uh, take me home. I want to go see Jesus. So, man, thank you, Tim Keller. All right. Well, we are talking about this week, Randy. It is first comes love, then comes what? Misunderstanding. That that does happen. It does happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first question we had, uh, in the notes at least, was how often do you feel like you struggle to understand the opposite gender? And do you think this is a common challenge among others as well? I have a wife, female, and three daughters, females. Mm. And dogs. <laughs> and a miniature dachshund, female. <laughs> yeah. And a lizard that we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. My daughter believes it's female, but we really don't know. Um, yeah, so I think I, I, I don't know if it's the 20 plus years of experience with the, the older one. But she's way easier to understand than the other three. <laughs> <laughs> the dog? <laughs> You're right. No, no. Ashley. <laughs> oh, I get that. I I was, uh, my kids were all really little, so I wasn't like drowning necessarily. <clears throat> they were all just could barely talk. Uh, and then just I came along. So it's not just me and all girls and a girl mm-hmm. dog. I got one boy there. Um, but he's also confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone confuses. I just like, I don't understand anyone else. <laughs> just not me. That's the only child thing. Yes. Who are you? All? Like, what? What's your deal? That makes sense. <laughs> I did. I grew up just me and an older sister. That's all I got. But so my life, it's all. It's all you ever know. All ladies. Yeah. I don't know that I find the other gender uh, particularly hard to understand. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you calling us simple? <laughs> no, I think she's calling herself manlike. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that? I yeah. mean, <laughs> I don't know. I've always gotten along with males really well, I guess. I do think women are harder to understand <laughs> is what I'm saying, Ooh, I guess. She said it. Well, all right. Joseph and I don't. Yeah. And I've got like <laughs> 42 years experience with women. <laughs> 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 I don't understand myself sometimes, I guess. Mm. Uh, well, we'll get further into it, Randy, but in your message, you talk about just it's inevitable in marriage, right? It's Of course, it's coming. Any two people will have misunderstandings specifically. Just 
a husband and wife are just very different and prone to misunderstanding and we'll jump into it but the the heart of your message is all based on just really two verses in James about how and what our responses should be in the midst of un- misunderstanding and, and disagreements. And uh, you pull out of James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I just want to read them really quick. James said, My dear brothers and sisters, take a note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So he gives us some commands there. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And my question is, which of those three is the easiest for you to do and which of those is the hardest? Hmm. I think for me, the easiest is being slow to become angry. Like I'm just pretty even kill, pretty uh, long fuse, not um, very temperamental. So it's pretty hard to hack me off, honestly. Um, but the hardest for me is being slow to speak. I got a quick processor, quick tongue. I can be passionate about just about any subject and uh and can articulate a feeling a thought an opinion on just about anything pretty quickly and i have to really slow myself down and that's probably why i went before michelle <laughs> <laughs> and <Speaking> always does <laughs> so how about you michelle i'd love to hear i think the easiest one for me not that any of them are particularly easy <laughs> But I think quick to listen is the easiest one for me, um, usually because I am kind of processing or trying to um, understand. Also, training to be a counselor has really helped me become quicker to listen and slower to speak. Um, I think that being slow to speak is, I don't know, it's a little even (laughs) between slow to speak and slow to become angry. I think that I've got a little bit of a fire inside me sometimes that um (laughs) that after I've listened (laughs) like if I do feel that way I have to really kind of talk myself out of feeling that way hopefully before I start to speak Hmm. what you got I think I'm like you I think it takes a lot to make me angry um you know uh but definitely I'm quicker to speak like you said it's like man I can talk all day about just about anything I don't always care, but I can come up with an opinion on anything. You know, if you're like, what do you really think? I don't care. Well, and if someone pushes me, all right, I'll give you everything I got. <laughs> uh, so, and it's probably not what you think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of contrarian at times. I'm just, I don't want to do what everyone else wants to do mm. for the sake of it. <clears throat> but like we can agree, uh, th- we all wish we were better at this. And that's why James is giving this. Uh, encouragement to his brothers and sisters. Uh, But I'm curious, what are some practical things that we can do to become better at this? Like what are practical things we can do to become better listeners and also to handle disagreements and and conflict like small and also big without letting anger take over? Well, so when you really look at James one, the primary context of what James is telling the church is actually about their being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry with the Lord. It's, it's Ooh. absolutely about communication, but it's primarily about communication with God. And then we talk a little bit on Sunday and message in regards to, Hey, that's okay for this to then still continue to be our pattern for how we communicate with people, especially with our spouses, especially when you consider this relationship is a, a mirror, an imperfect mirror of a relationship with God. So all that to say this, um, 
I think one of the things that we can do is to, to learn to listen in prayer, you know, like mm-hmm. if it's primarily about communication with God, um, recognizing that, man, yes, prayer is an opportunity for us to, to speak, but how often even in our praying are we slow to listen? Mm-hmm. It's a skill. Yeah. That's good. I, I think the, the, you're bringing in prayer into it. I think for me, when I'm praying actively daily, it's just a perspective shift. Honestly, like, I mean, I'm, I'm communicating with God, but I'm also, it's, it's pulling me out of the immediate. So like, I'm thinking longer term, I'm thinking about what God, why all these things are happening. And so when there are barriers, there are hurdles and disagreements and conflict, it, uh, it just reframes it for me. Like, you know, is this as big of a deal as I'm feeling in this moment? And, um, I think that's a good reminder. I think one of the other things just kind of real practical stuff in terms of like being a better listener and getting to where we're quicker to listen. I think really it is thinking about all the things that we need to slow down in order to do that. So slowing down our reactions, slowing down our minds, Mm. slowing down even our, our pace. It's really hard to listen when you're on the go and you're on the move. And so I really think the, the solution to being quick to listen is really slowing lots of other things down. Mm. What was your original question? (laughs) (laughs) practical steps practical steps okay that's what i thought but then we were um i didn't know if you had asked specifically about prayer so um for me i think one of the most practical things is focusing on listening to understand versus listening to respond and that's a perspective shift too and it's a perspective shift that takes prayer um because like, I think, I think that might be how we're all kind of naturally bent. Like if somebody, whether it's confrontational or not, when we're having a conversation with somebody and and trying to get our point across, you're already thinking about what you want to say next. And Mm -hmm. you might completely miss what the other person's trying to communicate to you. So that's something that I think about a lot is listen to understand, don't listen Mm -hmm. to respond. Because if I really understand the other person, that probably might change my response anyway. Well, uh, yeah. And the marker of someone who's listening to understand is that their response is probably a question. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of a statement. Mm. Because I'm really wanting to clarify and understand. And that's honestly, I don't have time or didn't get into this in message at all. But one of the things that that I use and that I teach couples all the time is this, uh, the value of learning this, this phrase in question is like, this is what I heard. Is that what you meant? And that clarifying question, I think, can really lead to that mutual understanding and that idea of really being uh, heard and understood. Like, this is what I heard. Is that what you meant? And giving them the opportunity to clarify. I think that's huge. And listening to understand, I think, pretty naturally diffuses a conversation if it is confrontational, like if, if there has been misunderstanding and you're trying to work that out. When when you really, truly feel like the other person is trying to understand you and not just rebut you. <laughs> but and rebut. I know what a rebuttal is. <laughs> if it I'm is a word, with it. Rebut if it you. is a word, you said it wrong. <laughs> it's rebut, not rebut. Rebut. <laughs> rebut. Nah, I'm going with rebut. <laughs> oh, he's such a butt. He a rebut. <laughs> or, right. What were you saying? <laughs> Repeat the question. <laughs> It diffuses when you feel like you're yes. the other person's trying to hear you 
to understand you. Which is the heart of this whole message. It's like really shifting the goal and redefining the win and recognizing like what we want. And even in communication, what we want in marriage is intimacy. We want connection. And when we're rebutting and, and all the tension <laughs> that comes with that, man, that's the enemy of connection. And understanding really does facilitate connection and yeah. intimacy. Because you feel heard and cared for and loved. Mm-hmm. There's some noisy children out yeah, there in the hallway. Yeah, kids are those? School, <laughs> must, is, be, school is, must be out. It's the Brazos Point living room. <laughs> uh, Randy, you mentioned in a message, you say, uh, talking about the differences between us, women are like spaghetti and men, and I guess Shelly, are like waffles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these, this is a broad generalization. <laughs> yeah, it's broad not strokes, always true, right? Broad strokes. Uh, but you mentioned that, you know, it's about... Um, processing and also just compartmentalizing men are like yeah. waffles m- more than usual and women there's lots of connections yep, between right. everything so this actually this is not at all original this comes out of a book called men are like waffles women are like spaghetti <laughs> if you really want to boil it down kind of summarize it the idea is that men's minds and processing operates more in terms of compartmentalizing and that's why waffles series of boxes and men and women uh, operate and, and process more in terms of connections. And that's why spaghetti is the representation there. And so uh, it also affects then the way that we communicate. So guys, mm. it's all about efficiency and ladies, it's all about connection. Mm. You said this all came from a book. I, I would have assumed you wrote it just with the food. Well, you, yeah, it sounds like us. But you can see why I've, I've, it's resonated with me for <laughs> you thought the book was about something else when you 20 got it. years. Yeah, right. It wasn't Tim Keller. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so my, my just next question is, if you know that's the generalization, is that true for you and your spouse? So it's interesting um, because I would say, yes, it is true. And yet... Uh, in our marriage, in our relationship, I actually, like, I tend to have some of what would be more kind of characteristic female attributes. Like, I, I'm the more emotional one, right? Um, Ashley's much less emotional. Um, I will say some ways that we see it play out is I really do have boxes. Like, I'm very talkative. I'm a, I'm a very talkative person. But I absolutely relate to compartmentalizing. Like when I'm at work, man, I'm at work. When I'm at home, I'm at home. And I don't, I kind of stay, shift out of and stay in my boxes. I'm not really one of those that's connecting. And and I think that's one of the things that's kind of a hard reality, but it helps you understand the male mind is like, I'm not sitting here all day long at work thinking about what my girls are doing and what my wife is doing. I'm thinking about what I'm doing at work. And and I, I we've learned over time that that is a difference of this where that helps us to understand each other. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I really do understand the idea of being in a box. I just have a lot of words when I'm in those boxes. Mm. And it also in the book, they talk about that. Uh, this speaks to women being bo- better multitaskers and me- men being more single tasking. That is absolutely true of me and Ashley too. Um, I'm single task off the charts and she can multitask like a boss. I've heard men also have a nothing box. Like, Oh yeah. You you really can think about nothing. Is that true? Well, not not all men, not me, Um, but like some people, you know. I I think the idea is this: if you say to him, "Hey, what's going on? What are you thinking? What do you? How are you feeling?" He says nothing. It's like no, that really is genuinely true. He's in his nothing space. Yeah, nothing. I'm always thinking about something though. I'm a my mind's always moving and going. Yeah, I wake up in the night and have to take notes about things I'm thinking about. I think Jeff's default nothing space is mostly video games. (laughs) Mm. I think that's what he's thinking about. Mm. Uh, I see that totally played out 
you know, like uh, the compartmentalization, like, you know, if something uh, difficult or hard or stressful is happening in one of the boxes, it doesn't really affect the others um, in ways that is kind of different <clears throat> um, with Emily and uh, the connections, like you say, are. that's just true for us, at least. Yeah, I guess I can see the way y'all are explaining it that way. I pretty much feel like the same version, same mode-ish of myself wherever I am. So if something's bothering me, you know, at work, then it's probably on my mind at home too. Mm. If you had to pick one of them to just never get to eat again which would it be oh spaghetti yeah yeah your waffles because there's so many different kinds of pasta (laughs) i love spaghetti (laughs) but man a life without waffles oof I yeah, I love waffles. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just do drilling over here. I am drilling. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about syrup and macaroni. And, like the fact that All every pasta. one of those boxes, like, has the individual potential to house syrup. That's <laughs> oh, so good, so good. I make a pretty decent scratch waffle at home. Do you like pancakes? Oh yeah. In fact, I like pancakes better than waffles. So you've heard how much waffle. I like waffles. <laughs> <laughs> You would choose a waffle. I would over choose a, a waffle. Yeah. I want both. They're so different. I like that crispy edge. Like I get why people put them together, but they're they're cousins at best. They're not sister and brother. Do you not use the same batter? You can, but the outcome is totally different. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like it's the same ingredients. You just put in a different deal. Well, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a it different. It significantly shape. changes oh, the, no. the experience. It's serious. You use a different batter. I, my waffle batter and my pancake batter is different. Absolutely. But you can make pancakes sure. out of waffle batter or waffle. I mean, out of that's what I've been doing my whole life. But I do them both scratch, not biscuit. Randy like takes that. it very seriously. Yeah. He's got a whole process for how he puts them in the microwave. <laughs> oh goodness, <laughs> goodness! That's I, I go straight from the microwave to the trash can. Uh, well, another thing you say, Randy, in message is this idea of in misunderstand in misunderstandings in our marriages and in our relationships of really shifting the goal of what is the win? What is it we're trying to do? And we were having a conversation about this the other day that in almost every other part of our life, when we have misunderstanding or disagreements in the business place, in our all the other parts of our lives, the goal is always just to win. I'm mm-hmm. going to step into this meeting and I want to convince you that what I'm saying is right my way. Uh, but in our marriages, many times we argue the same way, but that's not really the goal. And you say to shift the goal from getting my way and what I want to the goal is team oriented and it's everyone is heard, understood and cared for. So tell me about the differences there and and how do we do that? Well, and the idea there is like if we see communication in marriage as a team sport and, and my spouse and I are on the same team. And we come on the other side of communication and someone has lost. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means that the team took a nail, right? Like if someone on my team lost, that means I also lost. And so what does it look like to work to the point that we get a win? And the win is this idea of feeling heard and understood and cared for. And what I love to point out about that is that doesn't even mean agreement. Like mm-hmm. Ashley and I can get on the other side of communication and really feel like we've listened to each other to the point that we're heard. We've worked to, to work through the questions to the point that we actually understand the way the other person thinks and feels. And, and that leads to us feeling cared for. And that doesn't assume agreement. 
we can continue to disagree about that and it actually still be something that fosters connection and intimacy and uh, and is even better than agreeing. Mm. Uh, I, when we were talking about this, you know, I know you used the analogy, but it's just the idea that marriage is a team sport. And like, what is the win? Is for the team to win. And that uh, whether you are familiar with sports or like sports or not, you can imagine what it's like to have a superstar who only cares about themselves on a team sport where they care about their points about achieving their goals at the expense of maybe the team winning and but it's like you know what it's like for a person on a team to say like i just care about us winning whether i get credit or not the goal is the end of the day is we win a championship we win the game yeah and just i think that's a really helpful way to really understand like I want our team to win. Well, and you using the idea of the superstar that really steps on my toes because I'm a superstar. No, <laughs> uh, because the superstar, the problem with the superstar in basketball is he's a ball hog. Mm. And that can be my problem in communication. I can be a ball hog. I can say too much. I can, cause I'm quick to speak, mm. you know? And so that I really have to slow myself down and realize, you know, like don't, don't be a ball hog when it comes to communication. Ashley, just by nature, has less words. And, man, we talk about this all the time, that it has nothing to do with intellect. She's so much smarter than I'll ever be. Uh, but her processor is slower. Like, it takes her longer to think, longer to process, longer to articulate, and to feel. Uh, and that's just a unique difference between our brains. And uh, editor's going to have a heyday on this one. You're done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I really like the idea of redefining the win. This is something I, I understand the idea that the win is for everybody to feel heard and misunderstood and for connection to be built. <laughs> the goal. Hang on, I want to rebut that. Rebut that, yeah. I want to rebut that. <laughs> heard and understood. Heard. Understood and cared for. What did I say? Misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> we really want everybody to feel misunderstood. <laughs> communication problem right here um um i understand the idea of defining the win that way um it's something that i need to work on because i do have a hard time fully grasping the idea that that doesn't then somehow lead to agreement because in my mind i feel like if you really do understand me, if you really do understand where I'm coming from and why this is what I think, then if you really do understand that, we would agree on it. I do understand that people process things differently and have different perspectives and all that kind of stuff, but I have a hard time letting go, even if I think that I have been understood. I still crave the agreement, but I think that's, just something I need to work on. Hmm. That's why you get really mad when I say, we're agree just going to disagree. To disagree. <laughs> well, because I don't feel understood then, though. <laughs> well, I understand you. We just, <laughs> I understand <laughs> to the point that we're just going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> but now I better understand, Michelle, why that's such a trigger for you. <laughs> well, the times you've said it, I don't know that you were trying to understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to move on. Uh, Speaking of moving on, Joseph. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I think your point of, man, here's my nature and here's, I need to shift it a bit in, in my communication with uh, your wife. I just think that's, that's so true for me too. I think um, here at, at work, I'm surrounded with people who are passionate and who are good at debating. Like when it comes to an idea, it's like, hey, let's get, let's, let's get together 
<clears throat> and let's figure this out. And uh, everyone brings their ideas and they advocate hard for them. And they want to, you know, bring their opinion, their thought. Ultimately, we just we have it out and we're like, OK, this is the best idea. We're better for having this type of discussion. We all love each other. We're all on the same team. Uh, and just my home is different, you know? And so like, I think just recognizing too, like I do this all day. I can, again, I can be passionate about whatever if, if I need to be. Um, and just thinking like, uh, Emily just processes things differently Yeah, and she's not living in that same environment. We're just different inherently. And so like, what does it look like? Like you said, for me just to hmm. be quiet, <laughs> for me to ask good questions and not just think we're immediately to meet each other head on and, you know, it's not the same environment. Well, and I think, yeah, it's good. Not the same environment and they don't operate the same way. Mm -hmm. But I do think the quick, slow, slow principle works for us as Christ followers mm -hmm. wherever we go. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it's just especially the, the way of the world is toxic in our homes. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, we've got one more week of this message yeah, series. That's right. Conflict saved. Yeah. Save the best for last. Conflict. Conflict. It's what about Intimacy. It's every week. <laughs> that, that's homework. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an A. <laughs> You're going to cut that, right? <laughs> I'm leaving it. No. Uh, I'm cutting everything else out. Okay. <laughs> rebut. Rebut. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. And, uh, man, we look forward to seeing you next week. Rebuttal.